This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Live from the Dish Professionals, it's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Stop by and see us, 80th South and State Street. You can also give them a call, find out what they can do for you, 801-424-DISH. Want to remind you to join Hanson Scotty coming up tomorrow from noon to 3 at the Mountainland Valley View Pro-Am at the Valley View Golf Course, 2501 East Gentile Street, right there in Layton. See Utah's best pros in action. Scotty and Hans will be there tomorrow from noon to 3 at Valley View Golf Course. Uh, just stumbled a, a, upon an interesting college football tweet uh, that I want to get to regarding the Utes uh, coming up here momentarily, Gordon. But I've got to ask you, when it comes to uh, breakups, communication can be sensitive, right? Sure. And not just uh, personal, uh, you know, like uh, romantic relationships, but, the, you know, when teams part ways with uh, players, that sort of thing. You know, it was uh, a big deal about Gordon Hayward and, and Gail Miller, for example. What do you think about this? Do you know how um, – Kawhi Leonard told Nick Nurse that he was leaving? A three-word text. A text message that simply said, I'm going home. Mm, be, I guess that'd be four right, with a contraction. but Well, well uh, a contraction is still one word. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, no, that's a fact. Okay. Uh, that's not the point. Uh, the point is that I'm not sure that's the best way to do it. I mean, I've never liked that idea of breaking up through a text message. I don't think that's uh, – I, I, maybe – does that mean I'm old or what? Because shouldn't that be a personal conversation? At very least, a phone call. Yeah. At very least, you know, yeah, verbal communication. Uh, but I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I remember when Tony and I had this conversation when Rory McElroy broke off his engagement with Caroline Wozniacki yeah. via text. Uh-huh. Tony was just fine with it. He was? He was. Heartless you, SOB. You can't, you can't break up with somebody with a text message. <laughs> and I think that goes for, uh, that goes for a team player or, or even uh, if you're quitting a job of some sort. You gotta, you owe any, them any relationship. You owe them something a little more formal than a text message, yes. I would think, yes, right? Or I, a little more personal. Yes. Than a text message? I agree 100%. 100%. But I'm not sure. I, I think these days some people just think it's fine because that is their way to communicate. Now, Adrian is a little younger than us. He's filling in for Austin today producing. And Adrian is is the Salt Lake heartbreaker. I mean, he's he's left a, a wake of broken hearts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he always behind texts. him. Uh-huh. Yeah, it. it Breaking up via text message, Adrian, your thoughts? Uh, not necessarily cool, no. Got to do it uh, at least a phone call at or, least or some... ideally in person, right? I mean, it's you, you got to have some sort of face-to-face eventually or phone calls, yeah. You can't just be McElroy on a flight to St. Andrews and say, you know, I'm not feeling it. We're done. Actually, you yeah, sent those that... invites out yesterday. This is... Yeah, that, well, that, shouldn't that, have done that. That, was, that was particularly out of line. Especially since they were engaged. Yes. Engaged to be wed. And I Look, think it I was like a week after the invites went out or something. I, I don't want to get all preachy here and whatnot, but that's bad form, man. Am I mischaracterizing and, Tony, by the way, Adrian? Am I remembering that correctly? He was just fine with it. Yeah, I, I seem to remember him being like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> really? He was kidding. I don't think so. He's talking about, oh, they're both busy and all this stuff. And it's like, eh, come on. Come on now. 
I think something like that should be done in person. Not a phone call. Certainly not a text. It does take some level of courage to do it, but you still got to do it. Yes. I agree. It's not Man easy. Up. Yeah, it's not easy. What a woman up. Whoever, whichever side. You, know, you, you got to go in front of somebody and say what's going on. In the case of a sports breakup, I, th- I think a phone call would be sufficient. Right. Here, here, yeah. Okay. Would you have your agent call? Does that count? No, I think you no, got a, a yeah. personal phone call. Yep. I mean, you just went to, you just won an NBA title with this coach. Come on. You owe him a phone call at very least. And they're kind of ambiguous. Like, what do you mean? Like, to your flat in Toronto or are you headed to L.A.? (laughs) That's a good point. Do you you think in the case to say, McElroy, that there might have been extenuating circumstances like they had discussed it previously in person and then he just came to the final conclusion that way? So they had already sort of hashed through it? I see. I don't think that would matter. My memory was that it caught her really off guard. Yeah, I think he did blindside. Didn't they, her on and that. didn't each of them go out and win a tournament? She won. She he won a golf tournament, and she won a. I don't uh, think he's won since. Yeah, I don't know if he has won since. At least a major. Uh, hmm. He's won though. He's won since then. But who cares about anything but majors? Okay, Brooks Kepka. Exactly. Yeah, hey, Brooks is right. <laughs> he rolled out of bed and won a tournament last weekend. That's right. He won uh, three, four million dollars along with it. Showed up forty minutes before his tea time. That a little, is, uh, uh, little shoulders you know, spun his arm a little bit to get that arm warm, and uh, you know, I, I, I have to respect that. Actually, I have to respect that. Okay, a guy who can be that casual about it, and it works for him. That's kind of cool. Because you see these guys who are absolutely obsessive with their approach to what they do. I kind of like a guy who doesn't give a flying, you know, or doesn't seem to. And that actually aids him in his uh, in his winning. I, I, good for him if you could do it. But on the former question, no. Do it in person. All right. Or, like it's a, if it's a business thing, I, I suppose, sports thing, you could do it over the phone. A text message, no. And I, Brooks, I like your casual attitude. I think it's kind of cool. Others will disagree with me, especially the PRs out there. Gordon, the uh, <clears throat> stadium, uh, watchstadium.com, says what, who Brett McMurphy is working for now. They're really kind of making some waves in college football. Has compiled the money spent on recruiting. Wow. For 2017-2018. Okay. And uh, I, I think there's some interesting takeaways uh, from this. But let's let's focus on the Pac-12 for a second. Are there any NCAA rules in regard to that? Uh, well, I would assume this is money officially spent on recruiting. So any under-the-table stuff, I doubt, would, would play. No, but the is state. there a limit to the dollars that an institution can spend? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think you can spend whatever you want. All right. Uh, I think what you spend it on matters. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't buy them a Bentley. Like that whole Louisville thing. Yeah, but you can't buy prostitutes, yeah. But, I, <laughs> you know, you can spend some money in other ways, right? I see. So who do you think led the Pac-12 in money spent on recruiting over that period? Well, I would guess USC. Uh, USC is not a public school, so they don't have to report uh, this, uh, this info. So take Stanford uh, and USC out. Oregon. Oregon was second. At ninety nine, uh, nine hundred and ninety seven thousand uh, dollars. Washington. 
Washington was fourth at $715,000. UCLA? They were third. $765,000. I am missing the mark here. Cal? Cal was number six. At six hundred forty-eight thousand dollars. Was it one of the Arizona no, seven, schools? Cal Utah, seven. Colorado, University of Utah. One point oh five million dollars spent on recruiting number one in the Pac-12 in two thousand seventeen. Well, no one, no one, the way Kyle Whittingham stresses recruiting. Uh, I guess I, I should have maybe factored that in. Um, he knows that that's the that's the lifeblood of the program. And so it sounds like they're putting their money where they think it's needed. Okay, I don't want to come off like I'm blowing smoke, but I really am impressed with the way that Utah has handled its financials since becoming a member of the Pac-12. How so? Because it would have been so easy to take all that cash and spend like a drunken sailor. It would have been so easy just to rack up a bunch of debt, like like right down to now redoing the stadium and having that the the timing of all that. It would have been so easy after. Oh, you're saying we're going to make what per year? Yeah, let's it, get construction going. We're doing this now. You know, they they invested in the program first. And then they're getting to some other things, and they're doing it wisely without racking up a bunch of debt in the in the athletic program. Like if you see how much debt that the the Cal football or the Cal athletic department carries, I mean they can barely service yeah. their own debt. Yeah, I mean it's that stadium upgrade. It's man, that was, wild mm-hmm. how poorly what a poor situation they are in financially. Here's Utah pouring their resources in what's going to better the program. And, yes, the stadium expansion eventually, I think, will benefit the program. But that wasn't need number one for that university. They needed to build that football facility first. They needed to invest that money in other places and then eventually get to that. But but Remember, they didn't get a full share for the first few years. They did not. No, that's true. But here's Utah putting their money where their mouth is by investing into the football program. That's a reflection of Kyle Whittingham's attitude about recruiting. I agree, but the, the athletic department has to fall in line and, yeah. and cut the checks. So they're listening to Kyle Whittingham, right? Yeah. And we've seen the the compensation for assistant coaches slowly rise. I mean, not even that slowly, actually, but rise there at the University of Utah. I mean, it's it seems like from a fiscal standpoint, what Chris Hill certainly was doing, and and you hope that that uh, Mark Harlan carries on, spending the money wisely in places that that make an impact on on building the University of Utah athletic program. Is that in all sports? This is football. Fo- only football. Only football. So where are they spending it? Is that travel? Is that going over to the islands? Is I'm guessing that... it's travel for recruiters. It's probably in recruiting services, which they've uh, I'm sure they're investing in. It's probably in transportation. Uh, uh, recruiting visits. I mean, it's well. Uh, uh, we we were talking about this the other day with the amount of peripheral staff that that uh, universities are hiring now to do just recruiting. You know, hi- having full time positions whose job it is to coordinate the recruiting effort, as opposed to, um, well, uh, this assistant Southern California. Good luck down there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're investing in in the structure of recruiting, and I. I was surprised Utah was on top of the Pac-12, but impressed that they are. Yeah, that's a reflection of uh, of attitude, you know. Because you still don't have. Remember when? Who wrote the story that said that Alabama had nineteen unofficial 
advisors oh, it on was, the payroll. Was it Gina Mazel from The Athletic that we had on? I think it was Could've a been. couple of weeks ago, yeah. And so Alabama had 19, and some of those guys were making up to 100 grand a year. Uh, Utah had two. So Kyle Whittingham probably looks at it and says, hey, we don't need that. If we're going to spend money, let's spend it on getting the right players in the right positions. We can coach up the rest. So, You want to know who was on top? Who? Spending uh, $2.6 million. Clemson? Georgia. Georgia. Georgia was one. Texas was two at $1.8 million. Clemson, three, $1.7. Texas A&M, four, $1.7. Florida State, five, $1.5. As far as the Pac-12 breakdown goes, Gordon, uh, so Utah spent the 15th most in the country. Okay. On recruiting at 1.05. Oregon was right behind in 16th at uh, 997,000. UCLA at 23rd, 765,000. Washington at 27th, 715. Oregon State, interestingly enough, at 31st in the country, Boy, 674. They're not, they're not getting their money's worth. Cal at 32nd, 648,000. Colorado, 33rd, 635,000. Arizona, 39th, 546. Arizona State at 42nd, 532,000. And Washington State at 43rd at 524,000. Arizona State, do you say they spent 500? 532. They spent half of what the youth spent. How about that? Wow. All right. Well, you know, we've talked about how Utah has uh, sort of taken care of their depth problem. This is probably how. Oh, one hundred percent. They've thrown the resources at it. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're entirely right on the money with that. They're investing. I mean, you know, I get. I get it. The UConn just left the AAC, but the college athletics is still driven by football. And Utah's investing in there. Utah has become a football school. They have. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I don't. I can't explain it. I don't know why. In most cases, schools are not great at both sports, but <laughs> there was a time when Utah was absolutely a basketball school. It is not anymore. Well, I think it's about resources, but the, the thing with Utah is, and this gets back to your column a little bit from, from yesterday, is where are you, what are you spending your resources on? Are you getting mm-hmm. the bang for the buck with the resources that you're investing? Well, that's where, yeah. So if you've got the firepower to, to – to, to to make the visits what they need to be, but first you have to target the right guys, right? Yep, and be able to land the right guys. And But if you're spending more, then you can visit more people, right? You can influence more people. And, you know, you reap what you sow. All right, we're live at the Dish Professionals, 801-424-DISH. Give them a call, or you can simply drop by and see us, 80th South and State. They'd be happy to give you a demonstration on all the technology and the equipment that's out there. Uh, Gordon and I have been, uh, uh, well, uh, a client of the Dish Professionals for pff, 15 years now, and uh, they're amazing. They, their customer service, it's, it's local, it's here, they'll help you. Uh, we saw a listener drop by during the show today whose uh, lovely daughter had managed to uh, um, break both of their remotes. 
And so you know what he did? He just came on down here to the Dish Professionals, and they took great care of him and on his way in uh, less than a couple of minutes. So, I mean, it's it's the local touch that uh, that always impresses me. They're going to get you the, the best deal out there. They can get you a better deal than anybody else, and uh, they're going to make sure you feel appreciated. That's one of the reasons I really like coming here for to give them my business is because I like the idea of having a local company there to help me when I need help. You referenced this story earlier today, Gordon, but when I, my brother was my roommate, somehow the remote control ended up in the washing machine. I don't know how. <laughs> Did somebody put it in their pocket? I, that's my guess. Is it like, uh, was it like what do you call those uh, cargo shorts? I think my brother was wearing sweatpants or something and threw it in his pocket and then forgot about it and decided to, <laughs> you know, do his laundry, you know, his once a year laundry. And next thing you know, we find a, a remote control that was less than operational. <laughs> well, at least it was clean. <laughs> it was very clean, <laughs> but less than operational. And all I did was I, I called the same number everybody does, 801-424-DISH, and uh, explained my problem. They said, well, no, no problem. I'll get you a new remote. Uh, I mean, it, and, and Ryan joins us now, and we're, we're just talking about how great it is that you guys are a local company, and it gives you the opportunity to, to really have better customer service than anybody else out there. Truly, our goal is to, you know, you know, take care of the, you know, the whole Salt Lake City area. And, you know, if you're listening on the outskirts and you wonder if we'll, we can help you, we can. Um, we pretty much will do all of northern Utah, even southern Utah, so we can help you with your service. But, you know, if you're in the Salt Lake area, uh, if you have a problem, you got a broken remote, or maybe you're looking to switch. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of people that roll in here and they want to see, okay, how does this look? How does it, how does it work? Put the remote in your hand and uh, we'll blow your mind. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome service. The Google Assistant is officially active on the voice remote, and uh, it, it's the, there's so many things. I think I counted one time like 17 items that Dish has as an industry exclusive in the, the marketplace as far as paid TV that nobody else can do. Wow. I made the switch, and it's been good for me and my family. I'm on Dish, too. I love Dish. Mm-hmm. It's It's been terrific. It's perfect for what we use it for, and I love getting the Pac-12 network. I mean, just yeah. put it, cut and dry right there. I've got to yeah. watch the Pac-12 network. Well, you know, for a long time, I didn't have it. Of course, I'm usually at the games, but I'm telling you, it was those times when I, when I, when I wasn't there, it, it was a pain in the neck, and now – Easy as can be. Well, I, I've talked to Ryan about this before. I mean, in football season, it's it's great to have it because there's games all, all day long on the Pac-12 network. But, you know, a lot of times maybe you're at the game or you have season tickets or something like that. It's basketball season where you really yeah. need the Pac-12 network because so many games are on. And, and I uh, I love going to the sports bar. Don't get me wrong. But there's sometimes yeah. when you just can't go, oh, this is my third time in a week down here. So, hey, how's it going, everybody? I feel like Norm. Your family was like, oh, where's the where's, uh, Where's Jake? Where's uh, Dad? But it's just convenient, and Dish has it. Dish has it, and Dish has the locals. And uh, you know, I know we've got a, a number of people are listening that they have been going without. They went without KSL, and now they're going out with uh, with ABC. And you know, if this carries into football season, this is going to be a big deal to a lot of people. Yep. And I, I, my recommendation: listen, you can probably save twenty, thirty dollars a month. You'll upgrade. Uh, installation's free. We'll take care of uh, 
that. We'll throw in dinner at JCW's. We guarantee you'll get the best price. Um, we'll get you the best customer service we can possibly try. And, uh, um, you know, it's 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 overall good experience. And we rarely ever have any problems just because I've got installers that, uh, you know, I'm 17 and a half years. I got an installer that was here the day we started and he's still working for me. And he's uh, we, we know how to do it right. 801-424-DISH is the number. Ryan, I'm still trying to picture Jake going into the bar and everyone yelling, Jake! I'm telling you, college basketball season, I was down there a lot. <laughs> okay. Down there a lot. Uh, Ryan, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. 801-424-DISH, give a call, or simply drop by and see us, 80 South and State. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. We're live from the Dish Professionals. Give them a call, 801-424-DISH. Find out what they can do for you. You can uh, stop by and visit us, 80 South and uh, State Street. Say hello. You can also uh, check out in person all the cool stuff that uh, Dish has to offer. Plus, you can grab some jazz gear. We have uh, shirts, hats. We still have bees tickets. We even have one of those desk ornaments still left, Gordon. So I would encourage uh, everybody to drop on by and see us 80th South and State Street or simply give them a call 801-424-DISH. Here, here. you got a weird smirk on your face. No. What's going on over there? What? No, no. This is usually... It's fun, it's fun to see people come in and grab something for free. And it's not just something. It's something that they want. You know, this gear is top quality. And it's unique. You know, it is. You can't find well. You can't find that desk ornament anywhere else. But a lot of this stuff uh, you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, and so they come in, and then if they want, if they want uh, to improve their TV viewing situation, then they have that as well. But it's fun to meet the folks who come in. Gordon, I I spent uh, part of my day today reading a a lengthy but excellent article in Sports Illustrated about David Griffin. Yes. And I wanted to... Uh, let Boy, me... did he uh, paint a picture with LeBron, didn't he? Well, he did, and I, I think it actually was an interesting glimpse into the to the NBA overall. But uh, let me read these quotes to you, okay. and then and I, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, he said this, of course, he's now the general manager of the Pelicans. Right. Um, he spent two years off. Uh, he was general manager of the Cavaliers when LeBron was still in Cleveland. Here's what he had to say. He said, quote, everything we did was so inorganic and unsustainable and frankly not fun. I was miserable. Literally, the moment we won the championship, I knew I was going to leave. There was no way I was going to stay for any amount of money. I didn't watch the league and I didn't love the game anymore. I was so fixated on outcome that I just totally lost my joy. Yeah. Unquote. Yeah, I saw those and uh, caught my attention as well. Isn't it interesting? What was it about having LeBron on the team that made everything inorganic? 
I think it was that the the pressure and and really I would encourage everybody to read the whole article for some context because I, I thought it was very very good and it was less aggressive than that particular cut. Well, they're, apparently but, they're friends. Well, I think he felt a tremendous amount of pressure to win immediately. There was no there was no building to it. There uh-huh. was no built. There was no future to it because it was all about the moment. Like it, it doesn't surprise me that he was going to leave as, as when they knew the cha- or won the championship. He knew he was going to leave because he had sacrificed the entire future yeah. for what was going on. I mean, that was not going to be a, a desirable job or an easy job, certainly, after that particular run was well, What happens was if done you sacrifice your future and don't win? Exactly. I mean, the, the pre- think it, I think that's what he's talking about, the pressure of that. Right. Like, you've got to get it done or else there's really no tomorrow. I, I, that wasn't fun for him. Yeah. And You've got to enjoy the journey. I know that's a cliche, but if you don't, you're doing the wrong thing. I understand that people need to make a living, and they uh, some people are stuck in jobs that they feel pressure in, that they don't really enjoy. But in, in a job like that, if you're not enjoying it, then what the heck are you doing? You know? And he he did. He changed. He got a new job. And it's interesting what he also said about LeBron, that LeBron once – uh, that happened, he thought LeBron would no longer be fully engaged. That's another thing he said. He said he, he thinks LeBron, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm paraphrasing here, has lost his drive to win somewhat yeah. after that. He, he said that LeBron was so bring a title home, bring a title to Cleveland, and so focused on that after it actually happened, he thought maybe LeBron lost some of that drive. And he thought when he went to the Lakers that his – Mind was on other things, and you and I have talked about that, that makes a sense. lot. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But coming from somebody who was right there with LeBron, that adds real credibility to our suspicions that LeBron has been distracted. LeBron is into the entertainment business now. He's not pouring his heart and soul into basketball. And he's ta- he talks about how LeBron is driven by a couple of things that aren't necessarily winning now, like uh, being around long enough to pay- play with his son and to eventually own an NBA franchise, which is an ambition of, of LeBron's, that those things have kind of superseded um, winning a title now for that so guy. L- let's go back to your original point, and that is if Griffin was so chewed up and spit out by the drive to win – how do you apply that to your life? How should what lessons should people learn from that in their own jobs, in their own careers, in their own occupations? You know, competition is everywhere, but you can let it chew you up if you if if, if you're not careful. Is is winning everything? Well, was it the the competition that chewed him up and ate him out, or was it the situation that he was in? Because that's more the way that well, I, I read. I, it. I think it was a little bit of both. That they fed off of each other. Because I think he likes the competition aspect of, of running a franchise. But it's he, one thing to be competitive. It's another to absolutely have to win and to view it that way. And if you don't win, then you're an abject failure. Well, and I think this is I, – I love to pile on LeBron, LeBron. Don't get me wrong. But it's in this circumstance, it's not really his fault because when you acquire LeBron at – how old was he when he went back to, to Cleveland? 30, 29? Like when, you, when you acquire LeBron James in the middle of his career, uh, you have to shift in to, to win now. You're not building for anything. I mean, you have the, the best player at the height of his abilities 
you have to figure out, out a way to get it done then. Do you think Jeannie Buzz felt that same thing? Future Rob be damned. Palenka, I think Magic? they're feeling it right now, yes. Well, that's the, the Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. I mean, they weren't thinking about the, the distant future when they made that trade, although AD is a, a younger guy. I mean, he's not old so, by any means. David Griffin, what he was saying essentially was when you, when you have LeBron, then no longer is it a growth process. It is a scramble to get whatever you can to get take advantage of it right this minute. And part of it being please LeBron. Because he talked about LeBron signing those one-year contracts and how it really held the franchise. I don't think he used the word hostage, but that's what he was implying, that it, it really held the franchise hostage. They had to... They had to consider LeBron, his wishes, his opinion on everything that they did. And actually, he didn't, again, I don't want to, he didn't come off as like he was complaining about that. Mm -hmm. He came off as it created a really difficult situation for him personally. Do you think that's as opposed to a situation like what the Jazz have had over the past five years where they've been building something? And that they could put the pieces together as they go. And, yeah, they suffered some setbacks. They lost Gordon Hayward, their only all-star. But they continued on with the process without having to feel like, oh, man, if, we, if this doesn't get done this year, then we're screwed. I'm glad you brought this up because I, I think the way that the, the Jazz are currently built and the way, you know, Justin Zanuck, Dennis Lindsay are, are proceeding, they're pushing some chips into the middle to, to win now. Yeah, but, but, but it came – it came with a process with certain things already put in place that weren't demanding anything to be out of order. Right. But I, I guess what I want to say or what I kind of am taking from this from a jazz standpoint is, yeah, it's a good time to push things in the middle because of the advantageous situation you're in with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's contracts at the moment. It gives mm-hmm. you some freedom. But you don't want to be reactive and desperate. You've got to figure out a way to have the plan and and know what you're doing. I guess what I'm saying is don't – Rudy and Donovan are going to have long careers, you know. Don't sacrifice everything for the now because you still have to have a plan as a franchise. I, make it make the situation work for you. Don't be backed into a corner like it was with Cleveland. But there are some franchises where it's they're at the opposite end of that spectrum, and it's almost like, well, whatever, you know. We're just fiddling around here. It seems like they're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. That it, it, they're not making progress. They're not moving. The, think of the New York Knicks. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I was thinking of when you were talking about. And, and there are other franchises. On the other hand, then you have some people that say, hey, there is no two years from now anymore in the NBA. At least not amongst those who are really, really eager to, to win. Look at what's going on in Houston. They've sacrificed everything for the now. Everything. They don't have a, a first-round draft pick for a decade. Is that right? And it's pretty close. Wow. I'd have to go and look exactly. But, I mean, they didn't, they've, they've traded all of their assets, and they are completely capped out, and they're spending a lot of money on, on the and what, here and now. And what does that do? Creates more and more pressure. Yep. To get it done right this second. And if you don't, what are your options for the future? It's funny. Daryl Morey, um, who is one of the more high-profile uh, general managers, granted, but have you noticed that he does a new interview with a new outlet every 30 seconds? <laughs> he has been. His exposure has been high. He's been mm-hmm. all over the place. He's on. He, I saw he did a radio show today, and he's on a podcast, a national podcast. I mean, that, yeah, there's some with a new owner in Tillman Fertitta 
and the Chris Paul not working out so well. I mean, that, that guy, that guy is David Griffin when he was with Cleveland with LeBron. I'm not sure that I want to criticize these guys that are trying to do whatever they can to win now. If you're going to absolutely mortgage your future, then that's not wise. But with the Jazz, you know, I was clamoring for a while there for them to get going. And what did I say? That they need to be responsible. And And, I still have that opinion. Well, I, I always thought that as well. But you can do both. And it seems as though, okay, were the Jazz responsible last year? When they didn't do anything, really? Well, you can argue that they were, and you can argue that they're being responsible now by getting aggressive. Well, but they there's got a time and a place for it. As we said earlier, they built this thing up, and they suffered some setbacks. There were years when the crop wasn't great. It was okay. Pretty good. And then it came to a point where they said, wait a second, we've got this opportunity now. Push the freaking button now. And they did. Hence the excitement for this coming season around here. Yeah, but they traded for a, a guy who makes big money in Mike Conley, but how many years does he have left? What, two? Two. And when are they going to really have to pay Donovan and Rudy? Two years. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's responsible. That's not. Were, were you one of those guys that was against acquiring Conley? No. Uh, I was against being irresponsible. There were certain people around here who didn't think that and was by a good the idea. Way, and when they did it, it paid off in other ways in addition to. How many players have we talked to that the Jazz acquired that said, I talked with Mike Conley? You're right, but not out of not making that move in, in the middle of the year last year, not behaving desperately, they got him for cheaper. Are you sure about that? I mean, if you believe what was being reported out there. I'm not sure about that, but there's no way. They didn't have to include Derek Favors. He was the centerpiece. In fact, they didn't. Do you you absolutely know that? They didn't include Ricky Rubio either. Which were both components of that trade at the in the Yeah, but Ricky Rubio really didn't matter one way or the other because he was going. Correct, but they still got him cheaper. Maybe. All right. I'm not going to concede that fully. I don't know that. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> but either way, if they had them, the re- the resultant benefits would have been coming as they are now, regardless of whether they picked them up in February or they picked them up two months ago. We'll have more coming up next, live from the Dish Professionals, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Ticket On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professionals, 80th South State Street. You can also give them a call, 801-424-DISH. Talking about uh, camps a lot today. One note that we have not gotten to, Gordon, but uh, it is just an update on a situation. Uh, Cougar junior receiver Neil Pau, uh, we remember he had uh, some issues this offseason, uh, was arrested for uh, DUI. He eventually pled to impaired driving. We got an update on him yesterday, and Kalani Sataki actually talked about it. I'll, I'll read um, I'll read Kalani's quote here. He said, quote, I love him to death. He's on the team. He's on the roster, but he's not participating in fall camp because he's not going to play this fall. He's going to redshirt and be a junior for us next year, but he's in school and on the team. Good. I think that sounds appropriate to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Kid makes a mistake, a serious mistake, 
and you don't absolutely chuck him out the door, you you uh, work with him and move forward to a brighter future. Yeah, and and I, I thought that was an appropriate update from Coach Sataki. We don't need, you know, all the the dirty details on on stuff like this. We don't need, but to to say this is how we're dealing with it. He's yeah. he's gonna redshirt. We're we're excited. He's still in school. I thought that was an important note, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was good news yeah. for for Neil personally, and good news for the BYU football program because he's a good player, and uh, you know, hopefully. We all try to learn from our mistakes, right? Indeed, and, here, here. and hopefully he's on the road to doing that. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So camp coverage continues on right here on the Zone Radio Network, of course. Uh, Hans, PK, uh, everybody uh, going up to practices. I know Jay Catch has been doing a lot of work for us, especially down at, uh, at BYU. Keep track of all those guys for the latest on, uh, on camps and what's going on as we uh, continue to get ready for the college football season. Everything's getting amped up, man. It's, uh, we are underway now. And, uh, you know, with the season coming up, BYU has its toughest schedule ever, probably, and probably its best home schedule in a long, long, long time, maybe ever. Utah, in its situation with being a favorite in the Pac-12, and up at Utah State, they have themselves one heck of a quarterback up there and a couple of defensive players that are awfully good. All right, we are live at the Dish Professionals. Come on by and see us, 80th South and State Street. Have a listener just dropping in, grabbing a shirt, grabbing some B's tickets. Uh, Big thanks to all our listeners who have come by already, of course. Uh, But if you're looking for the best TV programming at the best price with the best customer service, give them a call, 801-424-DISH. That's 801-424-DISH. Ryan and his great staff will be more than happy to take care of you. In fact, Ryan himself has uh, been been helping uh, helping our listeners today. Yeah, right. Uh, Be happy if you want to drop by and see him in person here on 80th South and State. They'd be happy to give you an in-person demonstration. Uh, But call uh, call and, uh, and find out for yourself. What great customer service you can get at the Dish Professionals, 801-424-DISH. And, of course, Ryan always throws in goodies like free dinner, JCWs, Mm -hmm. and uh, all that good stuff. Plus, next day, if not same day installation, uh, they work with you, um, and uh, we'll we'll make sure you go away happy. 801-424-DISH, or 3474 if you don't want to, you know, look at the, the letters. What? Thanks for thanks for pointing that. Well, you know, some numbers work better for some people. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, we'll have more big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. Live from the Dish Professionals, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone.